Welcome to the Coast Talk Talk podcast. I'm your host, Nick Swinburn, otherwise known as Coast Talk. I've been a lifelong entrepreneur. Whether it's sports, tech, food, fitness, I've got a bunch of passions. I've also been fortunate enough to invest in some of my favorite sports teams. Along the way, I've met a bunch of great people, whether athletes, entrepreneurs, executives, and we hope to dive into their stories on our show. You'll hear backstories, successes, and failures throughout our discussions. Please subscribe, rate, and review if you enjoy listening to the show. This is Coast Talk Talk. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Coast Talk Talk podcast, where we deep dive into the passion projects of the best athletes and entrepreneurs every week. On today's show, I sit down with Zaza Pachulia, 15-year NBA veteran, two-time NBA champion, entrepreneur, executive, basically got everything going on. We're going to hear about all of it. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Zaza, it's great to catch up with you. Thanks for taking the time. I know you're 11 hours ahead of us um, and cutting into your an exciting summer day with a lot of uh, a lot of basketball activity going on. But I'm really excited to, to be able to catch up. Thanks, Nick. First of all, congrats with this podcast. It's always ex- I'm so always excited to see you with innovative ideas and you know some new ideas and some, you know one of the uh, you know innovators I've seen. That's you, my man. So I uh, appreciate for having me. I'm glad you found something that you enjoy doing in this podcast and definitely honored to be as a guest. But same time, I got to tell you, you took one of the years away from me. Actually, it's 16 years better and not 15. So I don't know which way you didn't count. Know. Was it the rookie year or the, <laughs> or the, the last year? I was year trying to do the math. I was trying <laughs> to do the math on the years and when the season would start and end. And then, and I know you got an extra five. You got an extra five before that uh, playing overseas. So you actually got what? I guess I was going to say 20, but I guess it's 21. <laughs> well, or maybe it's 20. The average is between four to five years. So just yeah. the being able to, you know, triple that and plus, I, I'm, I'm blessed, you know. So 16, 15, 16, I, it's still a lot. I mean, compared to what average is, and I'm telling you, I'm blessed and I'm very fortunate to be in this game, around this game, uh, with a experience with different coaches and play with different players and teammates and, such a blessing, man. And, uh, you know, basketball gave me so much. And basketball is the reason why we got to know each other, you know. So that's why I, I love this game. Yeah. I appreciate this game. I respect this game from top, from good and bad. So, I mean, because all of them were life lessons. So, yeah, no, and you definitely, um, you know, definitely want to go into into business stuff and the, and the, and the transitions and that kind of stuff. But you had a, uh, you know, you started really young with your uh, with your professional career. You had a, a little slightly different experience, um, you know, coming overseas than than in the U.S. How did that? What was that process like at a young age, kind of getting introduced to the the business of basketball, where it's a job, it's a career, it's not um, you know, it's not a hobby. How was how was that uh, unique to you, to your experience? That's a great question, but it's kind of complex, unique because I'm getting asked this kind of question like literally. Very often, I would say, okay, I don't want to say every day, but very often, especially yeah. here in Georgia, like what it takes to, you know, to become an NBA player or what it takes to become an, you know, the NBA champion, whatever. It's a pretty complex question because I don't have exact answer because there's combination of a lot of things, uh, you, you know. So, you know, one of my favorite quotes is from coming from Usain Bolt. And probably I would compare, I mean, I, I would use his words because 
literally every successful, you know, amazing player who changed this game or whatever, or, you know, just, you know, lasted this long and, you know, won the championship, whatever you want to put it, right? Probably we share the same bolts, uh, uh, the words that I'm going to, uh, I'm going to share with you. And, you know, in one of the Olympic games, Usain Bolt won nine gold medals. And in nine gold medals, he only ran one minute and 59 seconds, literally like right under the two minutes, right? And uh, compensation with bonuses obviously works differently with with, uh, with track and field uh, athletes because you have the endorsement deals. So he made $119 million. And people were just like, talking about, oh my God, like, you know, he barely ran two minutes, right? Minute and 59 seconds. Won nine gold medals in, in that short period of time, right? That he performed. And he made $119 million. This is insane. But Usain Bolt was, you know, saying, but people don't realize it took 20 years for me to run that minute and 59 seconds. So my point is, it takes so much, you know, from starting, obviously, whenever you start age of five, six, playing basketball, fall in love with the game, right? Fall in love with the sport overall, fall in love with the ball, with the basketball itself. And then it's a process. It's like, you know, going to the school is like great one, two, three. That, that's how the basketball is. That's how career I'm looking at. Like, you know, you cannot skip any level. So it starts with the fall in love with this game. Obviously, developing the skills, you know, the handling the ball, learning how to make a layout, then goes to the shooting, the passing, then getting it in X's and O's. And I was fortunate actually to start playing professional basketball when I was 16 years old in uh, Istanbul, Turkey. And uh, one of the greatest teams we had, uh, one of the best teams we had that was in, in Europe. And I had a great teammates. I had the really good mentors, the coaches. And I think, you know, how you have a list of the things and literally all of them was checkmark. Okay, I fall in love with the game. What's next? You know, now developing the skills, you know, okay, there was a checkmark. There was a checkmark. And when I was 19, I got drafted by Orlando Magic. And that was beginning of the beginning, you know, like, okay, I made an NBA. What's next? And it's okay, how I can prove the league and coaches and players that I belong here. Then, you know, I was driving for getting opportunity because I remember at the first 10 games, I didn't play. So I was eager and like, I was, I could not wait to get an opportunity. I got an opportunity, I played game one and it was constantly grow, constantly proving, constantly getting better, working on your weaknesses. And, you know, once you turn this kind of approach to the consistency, the good things can happen, you know? So, um, I guess, if not the all, I guess I, I, I check a lot of marks throughout this career when, you know, 20 plus year career. I guess that's why I lasted so long. That's why I experienced the two championships and play with amazing teammates and for amazing coaches. Like I say, I, I truly, truly feel blessed and, and fortunate yep. to, to be part of this journey. So if we equate, uh, you know, playing basketball with business, right? Similar thing. You got to, you got to love it because it's not going to be easy. Um, and unless you love it, you're not going to, you're not going to be just naturally thinking about it. You're going to have to kind of force yourself to look for opportunities. It's going to be much harder to evaluate opportunities. If you're, if you're looking for the end instead of just like curious about the journey. So I know 
you know, even when we when we first met, um, you know, you 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 told me a couple of stories about you know early business um, endeavors uh, while you were playing. I know you were also at the time seemed to be following that similar approach because you were taking uh, classes or seminars or something like that, right? To keep to keep building towards it, even though you were involved in a lot of things. So it it seems you're taking a similar approach to business. I guess if we if we rewind, what was your first kind of outside business endeavor while you were while you were playing and and also why you know you've got a you've got a lot of work to do you've got a busy schedule you know what made you take on another challenge while still playing yeah so first of all i gotta tell you while i was playing i saw like some of my teammates wanted to be, be a coach some of the, my teammates wanted to go to the broadcasting. Some of the people, you know, my teammates wanted to go to in, in business and, uh, you know, it, you know, pretty diverse, but mainly these three categories, you know, broadcasting, coaching and, and business is probably the leading when it comes to, yeah. uh, when it comes to, you know, what, what guys want to do next. And mine was business, you know, because math used to be my favorite subject in school, like since day one. I always loved the math and, I was pretty good at it actually. And, uh, you know, I like the numbers and, you know, the business I saw myself, I say, you know, you know what? I can, but like you mentioned one thing, like you got to fall in love with something that way. And you got to love it so much that, you know, you, you are okay with sacrificing, you know, your time, you know, a lot of things. So I, I thought like business would be something that I would, I would, you know, sacrifice for and I would really work hard for. And especially my numbers were like, you know, kind of strength and math was my favorite subject, et cetera. So, um, and since day one, I always was thinking about different ideas, you know, that, like investments, and, you know, and plus I was lucky to be surrounded really successful entrepreneurs around me and meet interesting people like yourself where I could, you know, ask the question, for example, Hey Nick, like, you know, what, what was, what was the, like, you know, one of the best decisions you, you ever had and, you know, why you made the decision or, um, you know, failure, like, you know, to t- talk to me about the failure. Like what, what was something that you wish you have done differently? Like, you know, then once you hear these stories, obviously it inspires you. Obviously it's a life lesson. And obviously coming from people like yourself, it's just, it's just like, uh, it's a masterclass, you know? So I was lucky to be surrounded, you know, with, with those kind of, you know, interesting people uh, who've done it, who've seen it, who've succeeded, who made mistakes obviously and you know to hear from them it's 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 it was amazing so um that's why i choose business and uh, my first investment was a failure i gotta tell you that i invested in the restaurant um and as an athlete you hate that to be happening i mean you hate to lose and uh i told myself i say well this was not a pleasant this was not what i wanted to, to happen and this what i didn't expect I said, how can I get better? How can I be better next time with the decision making, with, you know, finding, you know, place to invest and choosing the right team, et cetera, et cetera. So I said, you know what? I need to get education. So I decided to go to Harvard Business School. Um, I went to, you know, I was speaking and choosing different school, business schools all over the country. And summertime was a perfect time for that, you know? So um, that's what I, that's what I decided to do. That's what I did. And it really helped me uh, throughout the career. Obviously, success doesn't come overnight. It takes some time. I understand that. And uh, every summer, I've been trying to get 
taken as an opportunity to go to school, to learn and to meet interesting people uh, and to hear from, from them as well. So do you remember with your with the restaurant, for example, do you remember what your what your motivation was? Like what, what you were like, why you wanted to do it and what you were hoping to have happen? Yeah, <laughs> actually, you know, being European, like European culture is all, you know, constantly dining outside or even just have, have a coffee, you know, a cup of coffee with the friends. And I thought, I mean, I like that process. And I thought to have my own restaurant was kind of going to be cool. And especially after the games, most of the restaurants are closed. And so how about I'm going to keep my restaurant open until late. That way me and my teammates can go and, you know, after the game celebrate or, you know, just, just have a dinner together, you know, so. I think they're coming from the culture, but I never look at the other side of the business. I say, well, that sounds good, you know, like to hang out with your teammates after the game. But what about the dark side? Like dark side is to run the process of the restaurant. Oh my God. It's like one of the toughest businesses and the process just general, like, you know, because it's so much to do and consider and, you know, it's a cash business and it's, uh, it's just tough, like margins and, you know, whatever uh, you can have as a margin. And, you know, you need to be so good and so perfect and make sure you order the right amount of the food and that way the margins stay wherever they you wanted them to stay, you know? So, um, plus it's a lot of competition as well. And, you know, I, I just didn't think about those details. Plus, you know, for me as an investor, like, no, if you have a restaurant, in my opinion, you gotta be work there. Like, and then for me, that was not the case. And obviously, it didn't succeed, didn't go well. But like, it was a life lesson, and I'm so glad that it happened early age. That way, yeah, it was a failure, but I got motivated, I got inspired, I went to school, and I started looking and you know judging the investments differently after that. But at the same time, I was still able to make more money that way. I, I don't have to worry about the failure, you know, financial aspect. So it worked out perfect. Yeah, I know. I I had a similar experience. I, w- I really wanted to start a restaurant. I was just enamored with like the, you know, creating the brand and and the same thing, getting the community together and having fun and oh, this place I this place I can go and kind of help, you know, help it be what I want it to be. And I never realized that every time I walked in the door it meant I was going to have to stay there and not be able to leave cuz cuz it's just chaos and and the other thing is, you know, with a like in basketball or or, or other businesses, right? They, cl- they, you can you have more time to stop and start. Like you can practice basketball. You can, um, you know, for a e-commerce company, you can, you know, change policies farther in advance. You can find a better supplier. You can refine your design. What I thought was crazy about restaurants was it's just this funnel that you, it's like this fire hose that you can't turn off. It's like, if something's going wrong, there's people walking in the door, walking in the door, walking in the door, and it just keeps going wrong. So for us, we were selling, you know, we're selling things in a way that that wasn't very cost efficient. And the more people that came in, the more we keep doing that. And the time to change that was, uh, so I, yeah, it was a, it was, I think a restaurant is a great experience for everyone because I think it's just uh, the intensity of it and the kind of like, it seems so simple, um, but it's not that simple. And so it was uh I always, uh, I always smile hearing that I'm not the only one who had um, kind of a similar first experience, but it's such a exciting, that initial idea of like having a place that you help kind of craft the vibe of it and, and the food and being able to go in there, I think is what makes people have a first experience and then, 
and then still want to keep coming back. As much as my, my wife is like, no, no more restaurants. I'm still kind of like, eh, I mean, I think if we, we had a do over, I think we could, we could, we could do it a little more, uh, a little more efficiently. So after the, um, after this, the restaurant, what was your next thing? You know, you're like, okay, this is one thing. I tried this. I don't know if it, you know, it's probably partially, um, I'm an investor, but there's other people involved. I need to not only understand better what what's involved and what they're doing and the little decisions which can make a difference, but you also now have to decide, you know, what kind of involvement you have, you know? Like do you is are you are you interested in investing in things? Are you more interested in in kind of being really hands-on? What was the next uh what was the next step there? Yeah, real estate was success story, uh, especially in the early stage of my career, and just was overall, um, and I, I guess right time, right place as well. It really, really helped. It was time. It was awesome. But by the same time, I understood that you know the, the value and you know of the land and the real estate. So I started looking at more and more into the real estate, and uh, that was one of the you know, coolest thing I did and I continue doing is real estate. And obviously I got familiar with, with tech and, you know, how much technology changes our lives and is important to, to our, the world. And, you know, so I started looking at that as well. And, um, most importantly, Nick, um, after restaurant, one of the reasons what restaurant was failure, uh, was because of partners. Like, you know, you want to make sure you pick the right partners and, you want to make sure you, you invest in the right people. Um, you know, that was one of the failures that, you know, the, the failure that taught me. Uh, and um, I start, you know, just doing a better job of picking and choosing. Like, so who I want to associate with, who I trust more. When I say trust, like, it's not only you trust in the money, you trust with the process. You trust that what the paper says, right? You, you receive the deck. I said, whatever paper says, I said, can this guy execute it? Can this guy and his team execute it? You know, so all these questions you ask to yourself and, you know, trying to find an answer either yourself or calling others, you know, or, you know, other investors. I said, what do you think about this, you know, the, the team? And, you know, what about this? What do you think about this company overall? And, um, you know, then it's totally up to you. Obviously, you collect all this information, you think about it, and, and then you make a decision, you know, so... I think, I think I turn to investor more than, you know, for me to, yes, I, I, there, I'm more involved with some of my investments. Um, but overall, I, I, I think I developed the, the teamwork. I think maybe this basketball, that's what it taught me how to be a good teammate. So, and yes, he taught me leadership as well, but you know, all my life I've been playing team basketball. So I say, you know, I can be a good teammate. So that means I can be a good investor that, you know, join a group of guys that, you know, and have ideas and I like the ideas and I just like, and then I like diversity as well. Like, you know, when Kyle, I told you, where's that? I told you, check. You know, there's a hospitality business I'm involved and I'm involved also with, with fashion and I'm involved with the, we have an almond farms here in, in, in Georgia. So I know, you know, I know what real estate has to do with, with you know, technology and with almond farms, but I just like diversity. You know, especially in today's world, we just don't know what's happening and, you know, don't know what, what you're going to need. But, um, I've been enjoying the connecting the dots, you know, so, uh, because one opportunity opens another opportunity and, and I just want to be associated and surrounded by good people, 
And, and most importantly, first failure taught me how to pick the right partners, you know? So, uh, it's been yeah. fun process. It's been fun journey and, you know, a lot of successful decisions, but, you know, of course you make the decisions. This doesn't work. You know, some of the investments don't work and you cannot be perfect, but, uh, that's part of the, part of the journey. And that's, that's what's, uh, investors going through. But, um, that's why you need to be more careful, more cautious and, you know, think about, okay, where can I put myself in a situation where, um, you know, most of my investments work, you know, so yeah. uh, you know how it is. And, you know, I just rely on, on the teams and, on, uh, uh, and uh, on the businesses. So how does the normal, what's, well, and maybe there's not a normal, maybe they're all different, but how does the, your deal flow start nowadays? Is it something you, you know, something sparks your interest, either a category or a company you see and, and you reach out? I'd imagine for every, you know, investment people are aware of that increases the amount of inbound inquiries you get. How do you filter through those? What is the, um, what's your process like at this point? Yeah. In the beginning, when I started, Nick, I was getting so excited, like, oh my God. Like I, I remember when I first got, you know, the debt in the startup company. And then, and then once you say, you know what, I'm investing in the startups and then the, the, the flow just, you know, increases again, process of how you play basketball like you know fall in love with the game you know that work on your skills and etc etc right i think the same approach when it comes to invest investments you say you know what i'm an investor i'm an angel you know so then you're gonna first one like you know fall in love with the process and then the deal flow just keep coming if not suddenly you see a couple of years later your your you know mailbox is full but then you <laughs> ask yourself a question like Wow, this can be like, you know, it's not like you're the greatest investor yet, right? I mean, you just started, but how the hell are you, I'm getting all these investment deals, you know? But then you have to figure out like, you know what? It shouldn't be this easy. And I said, how can I get the best ones? Like, you know, and obviously you listen, you learn, but at the same time, you make the connections, you talk to the people and, um, you know, hoping that you're going to get in a situation where, uh, you start getting from, you know, the good deals, you know, instead of the any deal, you know, because in the beginning it's exciting once you're receiving the tax, you know, in your mailbox. But the idea and the, the biggest challenge is how you get the, the, the best ones. Because best, not, best one is not available that easy. I mean, it takes a lot of work. It takes, you know, obviously uh, connections, the relationships and to be around and to be in the right, like I said, right place, right time. And hopefully you're going to be lucky enough to be in this situation because like I say, the best deals, not that easy. And then, you know, you cannot get allocation that easy as well. So, uh, but you know, again, it's, it's good to go through some ups and downs and make some mistakes as well, because like I say, you learn, I mean, that's why mistakes are so powerful and, and so important because it really teaches you so many things, especially if you're a competitor. Yeah. You know, I think in our audience, we've got young young entrepreneurs um, listening. And I think one one common thought, I think, um, among a lot of people is like, oh, if I could if I could just reach this influencer, if I could just reach this athlete, almost like they look at it like um, a shortcut, right? Like this person will, their name, their name brand, uh, them, them investing, them posting about it will help me skip the line. I don't have to figure out, you know, certain marketing or certain boosts, right? So they're, and it, when you talk to them, it's like you're looking for two different things. You know, are you looking for 
an investor, you, you, you're not going to find an investor who's going to do all the work for you without you acknowledging that they're, they're doing this work for you. But how would you, how would you recommend, you know, entrepreneurs, I guess, young or old or approach athletes in a way that would feel good to the athlete, right? Like how, how, what's the best way to kind of gain the trust, present an opportunity in a way that, that, that's interesting to an athlete versus like, Hey, I, I need your money and I, and I need your name and I need you to do this, this, and this. What's the, uh, is that process, is it possible to people? Is it like they've got to develop a relationship over X amount of time? Um, obviously, if they've got a background and they've, they've got a history, it's easy. Um, but if they don't, they're just getting started. They're like, I've got a skill or I've got a, a project I'm working on that I think would be a great opportunity. How do you get through the break through the noise? Yeah, I mean, this is a really good question, Nick. Uh, you know, obviously, like I say, there are a lot of athletes that are interested in, in you know, they have a reputation of investment and investing and we have really successful ones as well uh you know current players the retired players um you know obviously the agencies are something that you can you know reach out and you know you know get in contact with and or through the circle or connections that you, you might have in between the athlete and you know yourself but but bottom line Nick, in my opinion is like you know, like you mentioned nobody gonna do work instead of you and athletes know what it takes, you know, what it takes to get to the point and what it takes to maintain is even more difficult than making. Like, just like, you know, it's, it's more difficult to maintain your spot in, you know, in NBA than making an NBA. So you're going to get a chance. Yes, you will. And you can get a first contract. But is it enough? Like, that's, that's no. I mean, that real work starts off of that, honestly. So, yes, you might get a, uh, you know, first check and investment, but, the real st- work starts then. So athletes understand what it takes, you know, to, to go from point A to point B. In my opinion, the, the work ethic, the dedication, the leadership, constant growth and, you know, and improvements and et cetera. So, um, you know, you see it and, you know, you better be executing all those things and you better be having all those values and, uh, the mindset. Um, because like I say, yes, you can raise a couple, Hundred thousand, a couple million dollars in the beginning depends on idea and etc. But and that money gonna go away so quick, Nick. You know, and you you better have a big picture. You know, and then you know working working your butt off, like you know, to go from point A to point B because then you're gonna need more money, and you're not gonna get more more money if you don't earn trust because if you're an investor or you're an athlete or a professional investment investor. If I don't see you working and like this being your life and, you know, like basketball has been my life, like basketball has been 24 seven for me. So if, the, if I don't see that throughout this time, then it's very hard to earn trust, you know? So for that reason, I think all these values, the work ethic, the, you know, the, the creative, you know, good vibe, good, you know, team and surround yourself in the right people and you know, leading this team and growing the company and, you know, Understanding the what it what it takes to go from point A to point B, and you know even ask for the I you know the help you know to other investor group and once the athlete like you know if you have athlete on the cap table and if you if you're gonna reach out to the person say hey I need your help can you give me a shout out like you know you're gonna support that kind of person like you know because when you, when you start, someone is dedicated and very into it, I say you're more than happy to help because. I remember when I was young, the how much 
it meant for me, the athlete, to sign, you know, give me a signature or an autograph or take a picture with me or just give me advice. I, I remember I've been in that situation. So, but like I say, you're going to do the same favor to someone that deserves it. And you better have all these fundamentals of work ethics and leaderships and hunger and, you know, the motivation, you know, and inspire inspiration for you to, and, you know, for to get this kind of help. Yeah. Your current investments, what, what's the, do you have a, a story, I guess, of, of how you got involved? If you could pick any, any one of them, I know you've got a, a bunch of stuff that's, that's interesting mm-hmm. or one that you found yourself, it started off as an investment, but then it became a passion and you, you found yourself getting more and more, more and more involved. Yeah, I mean, like I say, I, I like all my investments uh, so far. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you the first. Um, I'll, I'll share with you the first uh, Georgian startup that I invested in, and you know, this guy emails me, um, finds my email address through our mutual friend, and emails me, introduced like. And I don't know, maybe I was on a good mood that day. On the morning I woke up, I was having my favorite drink, coffee, and uh, and I was reading this email. I was, I guess, I had a good night's sleep. I was really good mood, and I'm reading this email that you know this guy introduced himself and who he is, and then goes like, you know, he's a founder of the startup Pulsar, Georgian startup, and you know they. You know, it describes the you know what is the problem and you know how they can solve solve the problem, and you know they already have a track record in Georgia, but you know the the goal was you know to go outside of the borders, like to kind of go globally, and you know kind of he kind of read my mind, and I maybe he he knew he heard my interview. I said, listen, man, like I'm I'm trying to be part of the solutions that is the global problems, you know, or you know. Not necessarily focusing on Georgia because Georgia is a small market, so it not necessarily attracts me. I say I more want to in, be involved in investing in companies that it, it's, it's international, the global, you know. So, uh, for example, the shoe brand I invest in, you know, everybody is wearing Crossy, for example, all over the world, not necessarily in Georgia. So that's what I saw, and I, I was reading like because I was in a positive mood. I, Read in a very very positive. As I responded, I said, "Wow, that's very interesting. I would like to meet meet with you." I met with the guy, and um, you know, he sounded even more promising and you know, very confident about his his, his startup and uh, and you know, especially it was tech related and it was really really good product. You know, for car dealerships, for example, they could have saved money and time. I said, "You know what? Money and time is like very very important for all of." Our, our lives, you know. So I see, I see a lot of dealerships, you know, getting benefiting and taking advantage of this platform. So I say, you know what? I want to be investor. So I invested in this company, and then there was actually a year and a half later they made an exit. So um, it worked out pretty well. But like I say, uh, this guy was really well prepared. Like even though Georgia has not been known back then for you know startups. Um, that was my first Georgian startup investment. That was the first Georgian company, startup company that made an exit. So I'm just like proud of to be like one of the, I think three Georgians on the cap table. That's it. Like they only had the three Georgian investors on the cap table. That's it. So I said, wow, this yeah. is pretty cool to be one of the three because like, it's, you know, you saw the, the, the resilience of this guy and like, you know, he was so confident, he was so well prepared and I liked the product and 
even though it was very, very early stage, he nailed it, you know? So it, that was a pretty good start for me in investing in Jordan startups. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. The, um, and then it's one of those never ending circles, right? Cause you get that feeling and you want to, you want that feeling again and you gotta, you keep finding them. But the good thing is I think early on knowing, knowing what's possible also helps, uh, you know, helps you power through, power through other ones. Um, so as far as a team, um, do you have like a, do you have a set, you know, hey, I've got this much, this is my fund. This is the amount of money I'm going to play around with on kind of these riskier startup investments. Do you have someone telling you, no, Zaza, that's like, you know, no more right now. Let's wait for this. Like, or, you know, how do you, how do you control that team? And are you, do you, because for me, for example, I, I need someone to tell me no, right? I, so for me, I say, hey. I don't. I don't want to make all these decisions because I get excited about every idea. So if I, mm-hmm. if you leave it up to me, I'm going to be excited about every idea. I'm going to see the potential in it. So I set up on purpose, like no matter what I tell you, I need some guardrails here. I need you to tell me nope. I need you to say hey, not until then. How do you? You seem like you'd probably got a little more, a little more discipline on on that end. But how is your um? How is your system set up? Yeah, you know, I definitely do have some discipline. And uh, I told you two things. Um, math has been my favorite. I like numbers. Uh, and uh, I can see the numbers, obviously, what percentage goes to where. And I told you about diversity. And so there's no rule for me, like certain rule like where it should be like, let's say 20, 20, 20, 20, and 20, like five twenties, right? So it might be 25 and 15, like, or like, you know, if I like something, plus in constantly things are changing, right? For example, we remember 2008, um, you know, where the real estate market went, went down, crashed, right? So it was a perfect time to buy actually when, you know, it's hard to predict what's the lowest point, but, you know, once it's down 50%, the houses were, you know, literally prices were, values were so down. But then, you know, if you get it for, you know, for that good price, you know, look, looking at a big picture, you know, you have a chance to win. Yeah. So, uh, so that's why I like diversity. I like math. I, I kind of pick and choose. And, and of course, like having conversation with, with, you know, people around me. So what, Nate, what do you think about like, you know, what's the good place to invest right now? So, um, you, you look at that, you see that. I said, well, you know, it's, you know, startups right now, be, you know, kind of, cautious because like you know we don't know where the economy is going and you know, etc inflation and all that or you know you know what i would just trust uh you know the you know companies that have a really good balance sheet and you know when trying to invest in uh, uh stocks um so again you just ask around and obviously you read i like reading i like reading the, the you know the newspapers and see what the yeah. experts are saying and you know if you don't have the kind of discipline and if you don't have uh, the mind where you can make the decision, kind of connecting the dots and making decisions, then you shouldn't be an investor. You shouldn't not be in a business. That means you're in the wrong place. So um, I think that discipline helps. And, you know, like I say, or if you don't have a plan, you shouldn't not, you should not be in, in this business. Like when I say plan, like your approach, for example, you need someone to kind of next to you to uh, remind you or kind of like, you know, hey, you need to start because numbers telling me this, this, this. And you're the decision maker. You're the leader that, you know, you need the right 
teammates, for example, to be successful. Like, you know, my situation kind of different, but that's the beauty of the life, I think, because we all have different pathways to go from point A to point B. We're both going to go there, but we have different pathways. Like, when I share my story, I like sharing. I don't tell people, like, you should do this, 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 right? Because it, I think it's wrong because everyone has different belief. Everyone has different path. Everyone has different, you know, level of confidence and talent because of like, for example, I knew one of my biggest tools was work ethic, you know, like not as much talent, but more work, work ethic. So, um, I believe in work. I believe in hard work like that. That's been, you know, story of my life. So, um, obviously I had some kind of talent, but I was not as talented as Steph or, or Kevin Durant, for example, like them. Of mentioning family names, you know, so, so I think yeah. it's important to share because, you know, you might like something like out of the story. I say, you know what? I see myself doing a little bit more work. You know, I like the approach of like, you know what? After the games, you always would stay in the gym and get extra 500 shots, 1000 shots because in the game, he only played 10 minutes and it was not enough. In 10 minutes, he only got two shots. So that's very interesting because that's what I was doing. Like, you know, my rookie, I would just like, after the games, I would go to the practice gym. I would just work out two more hours with my personal trainer, right? So this might be inspirational. So we all have different stories. We all have different, uh, that's why, and, you know, approaches. So that's why I like kind of sharing instead of uh, telling someone. So bottom line, what I'm trying to say, like, you know, I I choose this way um, and it's been working. For you, it makes more sense to have someone, like I say, hey, Nick, I, I think, you know, kind of do this hard work, dirty work for you, present and say, and then you're smart to make the right decisions. You know, okay, I have this, 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 and you have a, you know, kind of presentation that you just pick and choose. So yeah. both will work. Yeah, for me, it's interesting because I, as I got older, I realized, like, where's the, where's the fulfillment coming from on each of these paths, right? So for me, I looked at it as the thing I can't stop, the thing I'm in love with is is trying is coming up with ideas and trying to turn those into reality. Investing, I looked at it as, okay, because I'm so focused and my mind is so consumed with that, I'm probably not going to take the time to educate myself on a variety of topics and a variety of industries and really dig into the numbers. So I kind of have limited my investing to either my own projects or something that I'm passionate about, right? So like sports, sports has been where I've, I haven't, I've only, I haven't made too many investments. So the majority of them have been in sports because I realized, okay, with my existing kind of like thought process, I can come to a conclusion that I feel I have like an educated opinion and it doesn't interfere with the other stuff. But I've kind of, you know, put a system in place of like, hey, you know what? I got to just ignore a lot of these inbound inquiries because I'll get excited about a space because that's the, you know, curious entrepreneur side, but I won't, I know that I won't put in the, t- the work. I won't put in the work to really learn about each opportunity. I won't put in the work to understand, you know, to become an expert in any vertical other than the ones that I've already fallen in love with. So I think you had a really, I, I wasn't thinking this way until, you know, you've kind of, you phrased things in a way which made me realize, you know, a lot of things that I think no, there's no, there's no, there's no reason. I just did it. There is a, there is a reason, right? It kind of follows that path of like, you know, I've, I've always, I've started businesses before where 
I wake up in the morning and think about 10 other things before I think about the business. And I'm always like, hey, over the years, you learn time to get out of that business because you should be thinking about this right when you wake up. It should be one of those, one of those first, uh, first, first things. And the other thing I liked, or I wanted to kind of ask a quick question on was you said, um, how can I win? And I think I'm just fascinated on the the competitive side of things. Obviously being an athlete, you're competitive. You've, you've, you've kind of grown up with, with intense competition and, you know, so yeah, who, who are you when you're looking at these investments and, and I don't know, I, for me, it's, I've kind of got this, uh, internal rage, I guess, which is different than my external <laughs> personality. Right. So I'll, I'll, rem- I'll be a little bit petty in my own head or these slights or, I'll have my competition with people that have no idea that I'm in competition with them because it's really just to, to motivate myself. But who are you when you think about business and you're getting yourself fired up and you're, you're talking about winning, who are you, who are you competing with? I guess competition, um, this is a tricky question because competing, I think you should compete against yourself. Like, you know, yeah. to, to be better, like, you know, to, make better decisions to learn from mistakes or to learn from the right mistakes. I mean, right decisions you made, uh, because this is, like I say, you know, you're not by yourself here. There's so many, so many people around you and everybody trying to, uh, do the similar thing that you're doing. Um, and, uh, uh so basically you just have to be you in my opinion. So you, you're competing competition against yourself, like, you know, to stay disciplined, you know, not to, change the direction unless you really have to, right? And, and be who you are. Stop, you know, don't don't fake it out and just just be you and be accepted in, you know, like person you are, you know? And, and I, I believe in those kind of things. And, and good things are going to happen once you keep it consistent. So it's very difficult to keep it consistent and continue working on your game, you know, on and off the court, obviously. It requires time. But at the same time, you're not competing against anyone. Actually, you always, as an investor, you always want to uh, be part of the group that, you know, investor group. But at the same time, again, probably my answer on this question besides yourself is like, well, you, when you compete against yourself, like I said, how you can bring the leverage, right? So you got to know what's your strength and how you can help because to raise the money, to write the check, I mean, there's so many people who can write the check, but so what else can you do? Like how you can help the company, you know, so how you can leverage and bring the leverage and, you know, um, be the difference maker, you know, and, and compared to others. So, you know, you got to work on your skills. You got to believe in your, you know, skills and trying to leverage and try to use it in the right, right way. So I know yeah. it's, it's like I said, because this, what I told you is complex, a really complex question. It's not a easy, a easy answer for this, but, but to stay disciplined as an investor, I think it's very, very important. Yeah, I think it's interesting because it feels like as everyone naturally matures, gets older, gets more experienced, the answer to this question is always the relatively similar, right? Which is the same thing as like, we're just competing with ourselves, right? And yeah. we have different ways in our heads of of kind of like manifesting that and like motivating ourselves on that. But it's, it's a... Uh, I do think it's one of those things that if you if you if we went back and we asked everyone at a younger age or asked a younger age right now who they're competing with and why, right? It's kind of um it comes out a little bit differently. And I think in investing, it comes out almost in that FOMO, right? Those FOMO investments that you wish you didn't make. If you sit, come back and you say, Why did I do that? It was like, well, 
I wanted to be like this, or, or, I, or I didn't want to miss out, or I want to be part of that, which in a way is, is part of that process of like, as you get older, you're like, no, the reason I'm doing this is because I believe in it. I'm passionate about it. I, I've done my research. I think it has a better chance. So I think it's, yeah, it's interesting. I always, I ask the question just because like, I, I know that I'm competing with myself, whether it's, well, I'm not good enough in any team sport, right? But, it, but right now, if I go in the garage and I beat myself up, it's because, you know, working out, it's because I'm, I want to be better. I'm not thinking about anyone else. And, mm-hmm. and when I think about, when I focus on the, on things that I can create projects that I can um, bring to life, then I'm competing with like, Hey, can I do this or not? Obviously with a team, I can't do it by myself. There's a, there's a, there's a, you know, a million people involved that, that play a role, but I just think it's interesting. I, 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 I was expecting, I was expecting that that wasn't the norm, but I find that it's just, a, I think maybe it's just a sign of, of maturing and being comfortable. You know, I think that probably has something to do with it. Being, being comfortable enough in your own skin to realize that you're competing with yourself and you're not necessarily trying to trying to prove anyone, anything to anyone else, which kind of ties back to, so in the locker room, right? How is the locker room different today? Um, obviously you're still, you know, involved with the Warriors front office, like you get a million things on your plate and you, and you keep adding to it. But the, when you're around these young guys, um, you know, and, and I know that, you know, like you said, back then when you were a young player, people were talking about, thinking about what are they going to do after their career? Are they going to go into coaching or, you know, analyst or, or business, et cetera. But my hunch is that it's much more of a, uh, a common discussion now. What's the, uh, you know, one, I guess two questions. One, how, how has that changed? Like, you know, what's the difference do you think now, um, versus how much these guys are focused on, you know, themselves as a business or opportunities or what's next, earlier on and two what advice do you give to these young guys about you know you know they're trying to balance it all and not losing sight of like hey you're you're you need to you know put all your attention into what you're doing right now you're earlier in your career before you start worrying about these other things well because you know when i first came in the league it was 2003 uh and think about that time versus this like you know 20 years later how much Things got easier, but when I say easier, yeah, it's not easy. It's that nothing going to come to you. Gonna go and get it. And if you have this same mentality twenty years ago and now, how that's easier. Like if you have the same mentality, like I'm going to go and get it, right? Because access to certain things was way more challenging in 2003 versus in 2022, 2023, right? Because you got internet, you got social media, you can, you know easier to find someone. I mean, I use LinkedIn so much. Like, you know, if I'm trying to like, I'm trying to find find you, first of all, I'm going to search your name on the LinkedIn, assume who, see who we have as a mutual, you know, friends, but send you requests, send you like, you know, message to you on if I'm trying to get your attention, you know, like, you know, if I want to talk to you, if I have some idea or if I need help or anything, right? And I always tell my kids, and say, you know what? If you don't ask, the answer is always no. Like, Maybe you're busy. Maybe you're never going to see a message or maybe you're just not going to respond to me, but it's fine. Like, what's the difference? At least I tried, right? I mean, they okay this way and, you know, give a shot. Maybe you get lucky. And, you know, when I say lucky, it's not you thinking about something uh, unrealistic. It's very realistic if you're going to see they respond to me. And it happened to me so many times. 
And I've done it as a, you know, I responded to the strangers because, you know, it could be me, right? And, you know, so obviously you'd be real busy and we don't have time to respond all the messages, but there are some messages I respond myself to strangers, you know, and trying to help. And if I see that's a normal request and I can be helpful and it's not going to take too much time for me and, you know, more than happy to. So it's, it's different era now. And, um, but, but most importantly, it's about the will. It's about like how much you really want it, how much effort you put in, how creative you are. And access, I think it's way easier compared to what it was. But the conversation we have with the rookies and, you know, with the young guys, I think we should kind of be more specific because we use a lot of like, hey, you should, you know, you should make a connections with, with those guys and like, you know, you should say hi to them. Yeah, but, you know, some people don't know the process. You know, so maybe some people need to hear say, you know what, if you are like, who, you know, whoever rookie we have, you know, let's say Moses moved for last year, right? So I say, hey, Moses, like, because I had this conversation with him and I say, you know what, if this is how you do it. You, you just show, like, not only tell them, but you show them. I say, you know what, I'm going to this event tonight. I want you to dress up. And if you don't have a suit, I'm getting your suit, right? I have a tailor. And, and that's a good veteran. That's what good veteran does. I say, you know what? Dress up, put your suit on, and I'm going to see you tomorrow at, you know, St. Regis, for example, or, or whatever restaurant. It's going to be a bunch of, you know, investors or, you know, some VC people or some founder, whatever. Like, you know, so I said, follow me, right? And then this, this kid, the rookie young guy comes there. And in experience is something magic, amazing. Like, you know, again, it's up to him if you want to use it or not, but at least he has a great understanding and experience. I said, oh, that's what it takes. This is how you, you know, say hi and, you know, get in contact, talk about the life, the basketball, try, hopefully trying to find something mutual that interests both of us, right? And that's how you build a relationship. Oh, this is how you get the number of information. Oh, this is how you follow up after that, right? So, oh, the, oh, it's easy. Like, you know, you just have to be you and like, you know, talk about travel, talk about wine, talk about the golf. And, you know, maybe you can, like, we both like wine. And then next time you go to Napa, I say, hey, Nick, I'm going to the Napa, this winery, wine tasting. Would you have some time to, you know, come and meet, meet, meet me there? So I say, okay, this is how it's done. Instead of like telling boldly, I say, hey, you should do this. But people don't know, these young guys don't know how to. And sometimes we have to show in person. And uh, I'm, I'm a huge believer of that, Nick. So, uh, uh, because like as we all different learn, like we all have, di- we are different learning skills, you know? So I don't think it's fair just to, to tell them this one sentence, hey, you should do this. Oh, really? No, that's not that easy. Like, you know, I'm young, man. Like, you know, show me how to, you know? So if you really try to help. Yeah. That makes sense. It's funny. I think I'm, I might be a rookie. I just started playing golf and I just started getting into wine. I should have met you a, should have met you a long time ago. You could have, uh, you could have, you could have helped me out with this, <laughs> with this process. If only, if only I knew. Wine, my pleasure. But golf, I'm not the right person for that. Yeah, it's it's. I've all I've found. I've, I saw an Instagram video yesterday that said one month after playing golf, and they showed the ball going off to the right, and it's like three months after playing golf, and they hit it, it goes off to the right. And then it's like one year playing golf, the ball's getting even worse. And then it's like three years playing golf, it's getting even worse. But I'm, uh, but I, that's an interesting, um, I mean, such, such simple things, right? But things that are just, it's just hard for people to figure out, especially when they're not in their 
normal conversations, you know, learning about these things is definitely worth worth putting the time in to learn about some of these things. And it really just comes down to, hey, let's have something in common to talk about. And if the only thing in common to talk about is basketball, then I then I can imagine it's a challenge for the athlete to separate themselves from being a basketball player, right? If everyone they talk to only wants to talk to them about basketball, it's it's much harder for them to to make that transition. Do you find, you know, one of the things that I I'm always torn on is is you hear uh, some of the players focusing on I want to be a billionaire, I want to be a billionaire, and 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 I've and I've found like they they they're most interested. Uh, a couple examples off the top of my head is like they want to meet the billionaire. Right. And to them, it's like the billionaire is going to show me how to be the billionaire and forgetting that the billionaire wasn't always a billionaire. The billionaire had to take these steps and the billionaire now may not be the best person to remember or accurately tell you today what those steps are that need to get there. Um, How do you how do you how would you recommend to to someone starting on, you know, I mean, obviously a lot of wealth is created from. You can take a simple process, and if you do the work and you make that into a replicatable process or you make that into something bigger, there's a lot more value there than than trying to have a a really small investment in something really huge where you don't get that hands-on experience and you also don't have as much room for for growth. Does there, you know, are there are there things you, you know, advice you give to to the rookies and things when they, you know, hey, I want to be the next. Amazon or I want to, how do I get involved with, you know, something of that scale versus, Hey, there's a ton of, there's a ton of small businesses out in your community with a ton of potential. You know, one, one thing that always stuck with me as I got older was, I don't remember who said it, but basically if you, if you reach out to your peers at every stage along the way in business or in different companies or in different social activities, right together, you'll, you'll all rise over the years just by progressing into your careers and you'll look around one day and you'll say, wow, now we're the leaders or we're the executives or we're the kind of higher, higher ups. But if you try to skip the line as a, you know, fresh out of college and going into the business world and, and you're only focused on meeting the CEO or meeting the, the VP instead of building those bonds, you'll find that the people who put in the time with their peers, learned the ropes, networked at their level consistently, their network will, you know, will be the leaders when they're ready to be a leader. Is that anything that ever comes up? Like, hey, go find a local company and, and get to know them instead of everyone trying to meet the five, the same, you know, 10 billionaires in the crowd. Yeah, that's a, I, th- I think you, we're on the same page with that, Nick. Uh, before you start reading, you need to learn alphabet. You know, you need to learn all the letters before you open the book and, you know, start, start reading, you know, yeah. some novel or, you know, some interesting business book. Um, so that, that's why I think even to meet a billionaire, yes, you can. Um, but also that you can understand you cannot be one sided conversation. You have to be prepared for this conversation. In my opinion, if you want to take the most out of it. You know, and then yes, to start step by step and, you know, with the smaller and then, you know, to get to the point to prepare yourself, you know, to use the right words and, you know, to have a conversation, to even ask the right question. Yeah, you can meet the billionaire. So what about you? Are you prepared to ask the right question? Like, um, those are the important parts, I think, because like, you gotta look at it because I always like, you know, lately I've been, so even telling my kids, I say big picture, like, you know, 
today's decision, understand and like try to read it. What's, what's that going to bring to you? Like if you were going to, for example, going to mess around or, you know, do the right thing or, you know, just be nice to someone. Do you think it's going to help you down the road? Like, you know, in five years, in 10 years, like, or in the next year, is it going to bring something good? Um, so, you know, you have to, that's why it's important to be prepared even to meet that the successful person. I don't want to keep using billionaire, but, you know, successful people, you have to be pre- prepared. But so maybe if you're not in the very early stage of your career, maybe you want to start smaller, you know, kind of get your feet wet, you know, understand what it, you know, how the conversation going to, because like those people, there's a reason why they are so successful, you know, and, and you know, they have, uh, you know, a lot of success done, a lot of amazing investments because they've been through so much. So are you even close to have this good conversation, right conversation, ask the right question? So I think it's a journey where you need to check marks again, you know, and, and, and just just be ready. Oh, for sure. Well, I was going to ask you as a last question, what advice you would, um, you know, you would give to your kids for their future um their future business endeavors, but you've already throughout the episode dropped a few, uh, a few conversations you've had with them. Yeah. Yeah. I got four kids, um, you know, with, with, with my boys. Oh man, there's so many things we've been talking about it, but like I say, talking is one thing, but also showing, um, you know, showing me as a person, like, you know, like still taking classes in Stanford. And one of the things I, I said, because they play basketball, so, so this is something not negotiable because education is, is important to me. Um, and when I say education, of course, like there are multiple ways to educate yourself at school, the reading book, but at the same time with life also gives you education. Like, you know, if you're only going to sit at home and waste your time, wasting time, it's going to give you something, but not, not a lot of things. So, I mean, hopefully you're going to figure out, like, say, gosh, I'm wasting my time and I'm not getting better. I'm not improving. So I should do something different. That's why I say, you know, kind of giving something, but like experience, even travel, even low, or like, you know, go to YouTube or search, like if business interests you, like, you know, how to start a business, or if you already have a business, how to grow the business, you know, or, you know, how to do the merger or how to get acquisition or, you know, anything you want to, you can use the internet to learn, you know, to, to learn, get some kind of information, right? So to me, education is important. My boys playing basketball. Yes, they are tall. Yes, they have better talent than I do, both of them. But nothing is given because like to make that top 450 players spot is difficult. But even to maintain that spot is even more difficult. I already said that. So are they going to be, you know, good enough and lucky? And, you know, are they going to make that top, top 450 and play 10 plus years? Who knows? But you should always have a plan B. Even if you like, like my, my, one of my closest friends, Dirk Nowitzki, and his jersey is hanging behind me. You know, he's one of my dearest friends. He played 20 plus years, right? And he retired when he was 41. And, uh, 41, like probably he's old for the basketball and sport, but guess what? For life, he's young. So even if you're lucky enough, and if you're good enough, like, you know, close enough to Dirk, for example, first of all, it's very hard to be as good because he's, he's amazing. He was amazing. But let's say you're lucky enough like Dirk. You play so many years. And then what's next? He's still young for the life. 
he's only 41. So what are you going to do rest of your life? What are you going to do with the money you made throughout your career and, you know, because of basketball? Are you going to invest in the right place? You, you're in, you need the education. And, you know, uh, as an owner, like, you know, talking to Joel Jacob and Peter Guler, obviously that's, that's what I work for. And, you know, I see them pretty often, you know, asking them, I say, Hey, do you want smart? Would you rather have smart players in your team that represents the brand, represents the franchise, represents you on and off the court? I say, absolutely. That answer is yes. But if you don't have education, if you don't know how to talk, if you don't know how to think, to make the right decisions, right? How are you going to do this? And owners don't want, you know, the, the, the players have talent, but don't know how to act, don't know how to, and, you know, does all the, makes all the bad decisions of the court. They don't. So, um, so that's why I keep telling the kids, I say, educate yourself, like find something you love. You know, it can be, I don't know, travel, whatever it is, like, you know, just like find something you love and educate yourself. Go to school, learn, read books. Because it's like having multiple skills on the court. It's so hard to guard you. Like, you know, we've seen so many players like LeBron's and, you know, Kevin Durant's and there are so many players like that, right, Nick? So, say, gosh, how do I want to guard this guy? Like, should I let him shoot? Like, he's going to shoot. He's going to make the shot from outside. Should I let him drive? Guess what? He's going to drive and duck the ball. Or should I double team him? And he's a really good passer. So then I don't know the answer. I don't have an answer. So I, I'm, I'm just going to pray. How many times have you heard about it, right? So that's what kind of I'm going to compare to the education. When you have the education, yes, life is so much easier, fun, you know, and then challenges come to you. Guess what? Uh, it's, you just trust your, you know, the decision-making skills and trust your experience and your uh, IQ and just, you know, make it, make it life fun and more fun. So, um, that'll be probably the most important, uh, the thing that I would like to share with uh, with the youth and with the people. Awesome. Well, let me tell you, I really enjoyed this conversation. I, um, you've got a really great way of uh, explaining things clearly. I need to learn from you how to talk slowly and make sense because I'm just, but I'm a, you know, the more we talked, I mean, I'm like literally sitting here like making fists. I'm so fired up and ready to get on with the rest of my day and take some of this, uh, you know, take some of these lessons and, and it just kind of, I think for anyone listening, it's a great reminder of like work ethic and taking the time to, you know, be organized, understand what you're doing and why. No, it was really inspiring. So I think this will be a really exciting episode and appreciate you taking the time. I know it's, uh, it's gotten dark over there. So no. hopefully the, <laughs> uh, the kids are all still there and, and you guys can keep, keep celebrating, but, uh, yeah, definitely appreciate you, you hopping on. And uh, it was great catching up. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, best of luck to you moving forward with this podcast. And uh, I'm so glad and lucky to call you a friend. And, uh, you know, you're an amazing person. and You inspired me for sure since day one we met. So thank you. Awesome. Appreciate it. And we still got to get the, we got to get some wine. Maybe not golf, but we'll get, we'll get some wine at some point. So. Wine sounds good. <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks, Alza. Awesome.